You're listening to the New Century Multiverse. Arlington Remastered. Chapter 9. The Thanksgiving. From the Journal of Major Frank Butler, District of Columbia, March 1st, 1883. Now the story of an internally conflicted country that lost everything, and the one family who had no choice but to bring it back together. I had received my summons later in the morning than usual, and found myself approaching the director's home for the first time. I suspected this might be a day of unusual movements, as I had left the Arlingtons the night before as the printing presses went to work on the second edition of the cartographer's handbook. Assembled throngs had gathered on corners around individuals bearing fresh copies, and the literate held court with the new material. It was approaching noon on a Thursday, and so a great deal of Washington's population was at work in the many factories and farms around the area, but the streets were unusually crowded. I felt many a glance as I rode by, and could be fairly certain, having been granted a preview copy, as to what might be putting certain folks' backs out of line. For my part, the familiar tale of Catherine, head of the Weirwood settlement whom my wife and I had encountered last fall, and in fact whose deposition had been taken by Annie herself for the purposes of inclusion in this second edition, was edifying and yet heartbreaking to read in print. I'm mentally preparing a congratulatory telegram to my beloved that should reach her unit in Iowa some weeks before these printings do. As I rode, a span of months apart hit home, augmented by the romantic tragedy of Catherine and her Lieutenant Beauregard. I want to be by Annie's side with a powerful yearning. Director Arlington opened his door to me and stood in shirt sleeves with a wide smile upon his face. Major, come on in. I'll be serving up shortly. Hope your breakfast wasn't too hearty and that you enjoy turkey. Uh, good morning, sir. Are we not heading out just yet? Not when I have such a plump bird ready for eating. May I take your coat? Come in, get yourself warm. He had led me down the hall, and I now stood in his dining room, which held his family of three ladies. At one end of the table sat Sarah, her smile warm as she took my hand, though her eyes flicked across to Thomas and back to me with a mixture of apology and exasperation. May I pour you a drink, Major? Is he cooking? He is. But today is... Yes, it is. You already know Harry, I believe. I sat down beside Sarah, and to my right sat the engineer. She was arranging her cutlery into a pyramid on her plate. I touched her lightly on the shoulder, and she turned to me, breaking out in a genuine smile. Major Butler, I wondered when I might see you again. You've been working on Steamheart? I never stopped thinking about her. Dad said we had to be a family today. I'm glad you're here, though. And this is my daughter, Truth. She's the White House Communications Director. The lady sat across from Harry appeared in facial features strikingly similar to whom I surmised must be her twin sister, only her dress was elegant, her hair fancy, and her face softer, with sharper eyes that immediately met mine. There was clearly plenty going on today, and Truth was less inclined to hide her frustrations. Major, my mother has told me so much about you. All exaggerated, I'm sure. Wine? Thank you, I... Okay, I guess I will. Didn't give him any choice, did you? Wine truth? No, thank you. I'll go on, wine some more. I have to be at work right now. We all do. Nonsense. We can have one day. It does make sense for us to take a moment as a family. 
I agree with your father. There's a surprise. It's not like I can ever usually stop him working. Be happy he's relaxing. Well, his version of relaxing. This is a particularly good 1864 Shadow Lafitte. A wine favored by Thomas Jefferson, I believe. Sip it slowly. This needs to be savored. Mmm, that's very nice indeed. I thought you didn't drink. I just published a new book today. I think I can celebrate a little. You know, 64 was the year I met your mother. The year both of you were born. As I recall, you said you were married in 65. Quite so. But we met the year before. Uh, Truth is an unusual name. Isn't it? Begging your pardon, ma'am, but I believe I see a pattern here. Harry, I have guessed, is either named for Harriet Beecher Stowe, author of Uncle Tom's Cabin, or more likely Harriet Tubman, a key player in the Underground Railroad. Both of them were powerful figures in the abolitionist movement, so I can see why your parents might name their child after one of them. It's the second one, but... Did you read that passage in the handbook by Harriet Blaine? I did. She's named for the first one. Is that so? And what about my name, sir? Do you know of any relevant truths? As a matter of fact, I do, ma'am. Sojourner Truth, first black woman to win a case in court against a white man. In that instance, she got back her son, who was in possession of a previous... owner. Top marks, Major. You win another medal. And of course there's Frederick... He's named after Mr. Douglas. I'll go and see if the turkey's ready. I miss Frederick. Me too, my sweet. Forgive me. That wasn't your fault, Major. Thank you for taking an interest in my family's peculiar naming habits. I kind of need to know this to do my job. Is he scared to go outside today? Yes. Then I actually agree with his decision to keep you all inside. This is one situation where you don't want to go putting yourself in the public business for a short while. Give the initial wave a chance to die down. We have others doing our jobs today. It's a contingency we've planned for. But I don't know how long he intends to keep us in here. I'm nothing to do with this. I'm needed at the White House right now. He wants us to be together, you know, one more time. Just in case. Give your father that, darling, please. He's paranoid. Agreed. It's affecting his work. Being guarded is part and parcel of his work. He's just being overly cautious today. Truth, you can see what he's going through. What he's had to lay on the line. He wouldn't have had to if he just listened to me and gone with the version Conrad and I made. Well, he didn't. And it's out now. And we're all just going to have to be cautious and accept what comes of it. Don't antagonize him. (sighs) Say, did I tell you about that ballet teacher yet? No. Miss Irene Veselov. Came in from Iowa a week ago. We've gotten her a studio and I've had one lesson. 
Apparently, she already has a waiting list, so she's going to train up the ladies who have experience and set up a series of venues around the city. She's good. I found myself stretching places I'd forgotten I had. Felt like I'd been in a fight the day after, but it was worth it. You think I could... I've already put you on the list. Figured you could always take yourself off if you didn't want it. I do. Thanks, Mom. Turkey's ready, Major. Would you help me retrieve it from the oven? Certainly. The cooking smells wafting around the house with mouth-watering. A major I may be, but it is rare I get to dine on something as rich and complex as the full spread that the director had arranged here. As we hauled the bird free of the cooker, Thomas spoke softly, almost as though to himself. Hardest thing in the world, letting go of a child. I cannot conceive of any personal event more tragic. Any sense of waste and ruin more potent than losing a life that you've guarded since before birth. People will be talking of me now that I've shared this with them. Perhaps they will reflect on their own losses and equate them in kind. Or perhaps they will ignore this part of my life completely. In which case, it really will have been a waste. You know, underneath it all, I can't... Can I help? Thank you, my darling. Would you carry in the carrots and potatoes? Don't forget the cranberry. Here, Major, we just need to arrange it all on this dish. Then when we're done, I'll wheel it in and you go sit. He was going to say something else before Sarah interrupted us. His eyes had a curious, faraway look about them, and a carefully hidden, indescribable pain. I sat with the ladies around a steaming feast as he brought in the bird and all of us, even Truth, made appreciative noises. Thomas began carving off thick slices of turkey breast and levering them onto our plates. I'm glad I could get you all here today. We have a lot to be thankful for. It's March. You can be thankful in March. And who's to say where we'll all be come November? Come on, Truth. We have our health. Our positions of influence. The ability to help people and affect change. I don't want to be anywhere else right now. Leg wing, thigh, or breast. I know you like to have a choice. <sighs> wing, please. I'm just... Trying to protect all of us. You're still afraid to walk in the streets, Daddy? That's right, Sugar Plum. Afraid you're going to get shot? Every day. I'm here to protect your parents, Harry. All of you, if needs be. I'll make sure nothing gets by me. Why do you ask? I just had an idea. That's all. Care to share it while we eat? No. It's just an idea at the moment. I need to plant it. Let it grow. You can't go fussing with an idea when it's at this stage. Oh, this is delicious, Thomas. It's really good. Try the squash. After we had eaten, I sat chatting with Harry, while over in the corner, Truth spoke low with her father. She was clearly on her way out the door. Listen, Dad, I'm... I'm sorry I've been quite as sharp-tongued as this recently. Apology accepted. It's just the job. Both of them, in fact. All of us. 
it gets in the way, and I don't know how to... to do this. You're still my daughter. You got fire in there. I wouldn't have it any other way. But I have to fight you on these things. I have to step outside the Arlington family, and you always make me the bad guy. I disagree with you. That doesn't make you the bad guy. No, it does. It does. You put yourself in the position of the good guy trying to do his best and push back against the bureaucracy holding back progress, which makes me... I'm the bureaucracy in all this. You're treating me as both a daughter who needs to do her father's will and the figurehead for all the legislation you're pushing back on. I can't be a safe foil for you to oppose. You come at me, Dad, and I'm going to fight with everything I have for the people I represent and serve. I'm working with this administration, not against it. Are you? Yes. Well, you might want to remind yourself of that from time to time, because some days it feels like we're fighting a war on two fronts here. Only two. You got it easy. God damn it, Dad. Just be careful, all right? Don't stir this shit up when you don't have to. My whole life is have to. Ugh. My carriage is here. I've got to go. Got a lot of time to make up for already. Goodbye, Dad. I will see you soon. Take care of Mom. Later, Harry. Bye-bye. You sure you don't need an escort? I can have the Major here. I can take care of myself. I'll be in my study. Have they always been at loggerheads with one another? No, not always. There was definitely a period between November 64 and September 65 when they were the best of friends. Then she started talking. You get along with your sister, Harry? Mm-hmm. I never ask anything of her, but she does occasionally try to force me into a dress. What's that you're sketching there? Still, she seems okay as sisters go. Never pulled my hair, aside from when she was braiding it, and I wasn't. Harry? Let her be for now. Mm-hmm. She's concentrating. Mm-hmm. I've seen this before. Will she be okay when she comes around? Our best play would be to change as little as possible until she does. Did you read the new section Thomas wrote about his life in the handbook? I did. It was simpler when Frederick was around. Ma'am, you don't have to- No, it's alright. This will help you understand us a little better. It was simpler for everyone, of course. Adjusting to a world in which we were not kept as property was thrilling. But daunting, too. Thomas was pretty good at playing the legal field. He was working his way up, and becoming more respectable along the way. There were days I forgot we weren't equal with white folks as we played our part in the game of civilization. It seemed like America, or at least the area we were in, was climbing towards something more progressive and inclusive. We just had to keep moving forward, hope that a day would dawn when skin didn't matter. Though it was always easier for me to trust in this than it was for Thomas. 
Back then, Frederick was his close companion. The little boy used to travel around the house on his daddy's shoulders. And my God, does that man love his children. He may not show it over much, but his heart beats for them. Then, when the Wendigo hit Washington and Frederick was bitten, we were living not too far from here, over in the western corner of D.C. on Wyoming Avenue. He was just ten years old. Well, he would have been in a few days after anyway. We've not been back to that house since. At the time, I think Thomas turned all that hate he was sitting on for the arbiters of the bigotry and enslavement we'd endured and pointed it at the Wendigo. They have occupied his waking thoughts and his nightmares since that day. But now I'm wondering if he sees them only in a clinical fashion and that hatred never got redirected, just sort of amplified. Hence the paranoia. He's one of the angriest men I've ever known. But every day, he takes that anger and turns it into something beneficial for others. Something hopeful. If you'll forgive me, ma'am, it seems like he's had the best of influences. You may have saved him from going over the edge. I don't know what I'd do without him. I want so badly to ease that pain of his. But you know, it, it kind of feels like that anger is his fuel, too. It's what drives his actions. Keeps him going when others would despair. And the best I can possibly do is prevent it eating him alive. You helped him write the handbook, didn't you? <sighs> Honey, every second word in that thing came from me. I thought so. You've both done a splendid job. What are we talking about? How fabulous your parents are, ma'am. You finished your sketch? I did. And now I need to go to work. I stood and walked to the curtain window, surveying the streets. More people had assembled, and occasional shouts and terse exchanges could be heard on the wind. While nobody looked towards this house, the guards outside its gates shifted uncomfortably in the late winter chill. I think we should stay in a while longer. Hmm. Harry, bring that over here. Let me take a look. The young lady obeyed, and Sarah took the sketch pad in her gloved hands and looked over the designs a while. Then she leaned across and kissed Harry on the forehead. I have the cleverest of daughters. You want me to make you a set of these as well? Sarah glanced over at me, and then back at Harry. It might do to prepare one just in case. Though I wouldn't wear this every day, it's... It's not something I want to tell myself I have to wear. I could make it extra special comfortable for you, Mama. It's the comfort up here I'm concerned about. She tapped her own temple with a fingertip. But I think your father will wear his morning, noon, and night. Well done, Harry. Well done. The girl smiled, and in a moment of unusual physical contact, draped herself sideways over her mother's lap 
and took back her sketchbook to continue fashioning whatever it was. You have been listening to episode 9 of Arlington Remastered. The Thanksgiving. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Thomas W. Arlington, performed by Alex Shaw. Sarah Arlington, performed by Maureen Foley. Major Frank Butler, performed by Spencer Lieb. Truth Arlington, performed by Theo Lee. Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor. Prospector Theme, Relaxing Piano Music and Battle Hymn of the Republic, performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Many Soundscapes by Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Evan Jankowski, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Gasiga, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joseph Gluck, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Mark Lutsch, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Scott Jacob, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. And with the tenth book written and receiving its beta reads and final edits, work begins on the eleventh story, Panther Soul, as we journey back to Rama. <laughs>